You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, Open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, formerly webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. What a week. <laughs> yes, I'm barely getting any sleep. It's so busy. It's good. You know, but I'm dragging today, but I'm excited because I'm heading up to Canada this weekend. I'm going to be in your, not going to be in your neck of the woods, but I'm going to be in your country. Yeah. Why is that? Going to visit some friends. To see a movie, actually. I'm going to a different country to go see a movie. That sounds <laughs> like you. Because he couldn't come down and see it with us in the States. Yeah. <laughs> what, it's is a, it band there or something? Though, only a, no, it's a four-hour drive to London, Ontario. You know, it's closer to get to him than it is to most of my family, so might as well go. All right. Just to go with a buddy to a movie? Yeah, pretty much. All right. If well, you were closer, if you were in a different part of Canada... Yeah, see, I, I like it here. We don't get the snow. <laughs> it's balmy. And you're not here. really truly Canadian, are you? <laughs> Most Canadians, they don't, I'm sure they don't even accept you as their own. Oh, yes. Well, only, only according to people who don't you know, go to Canada enough. Um, yes, <laughs> we live it the right way. Vancouver, Victoria, uh, yes. Anyway, <laughs> we got the palm trees even here. Not many, but they can grow. <laughs> do, you, do you really? Yeah. yeah, they don't look so um, happy in, in the winter, but they look pretty good in the summer. I got very sick of palm trees in my ears in Florida. I'm really glad that they're nowhere around anymore. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I, I pity you. Okay, well, 
we, we were getting dangerously close to start discussing lots of weather there. So, whew. all right, <laughs> let's start with some brain breaking news. <laughs> Wait, bad. Oh, God. Anyway, go for it. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. Man. Like, so basically, the news came out last week that Rank Brain is not impacted by social media signals. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> if you've been listening to this show at all and you know somewhat how Rank Brain works and what it's supposed to do, you understand that this, you know, the having Rank Brain impacted by social makes no sense at all to begin with. But apparently, there were some questions being asked. So, folks, I don't know, it was Gary or John Mueller or who, but somebody came out and clarified, said, no, Rank Brain is not impacted by social at all. Just to kind of recap Rank Brain really tries to look at phrases and words and understand them more contextually um it really doesn't have much to do with off-site signals at all really at this point i'm not saying that you know the artificial intelligence piece or the machine learning piece won't eventually or doesn't somehow but it's not specific to rank brain right so there you go more news if you're wondering about it don't wonder anymore (laughs) <laughs> social Excellent. has no impact well and, and you know i think I, i've been really really uh, i'm falling behind on my on my rants and so I, I wanted to really add one today all right we well, do we need a new category ross's rants <laughs> <laughs> well you know if i could think of them every single time it would probably be off topic though so i've got to i'd have to stay the topic right. anyway once a so, month so what's please. the rant this week well you know what i'm sure that in some way I'm not on, you know, definitely 100% correct here, but it's in this area of page speed. And it's not the simplest of disciplines because the page speed of a page can be a whole bunch of things. Is is it truly the page speed? And in fact, how fast it loads? If it is, then yeah, I call BS on Google page speed because it's giving a client of mine a five out of a hundred for mobile and desktop for this page that happens to load consistently in 2.19 seconds. That is fast. I can tell you to answer your question, there is a very distinct difference between yes. page speed and load speed. Yes. Right? Load speed has to take into consideration browser types and internet connections and servers and all that kind of stuff. Page speed is specifically to look at elements of the page that could impact the speed. Right. Well, and in this case, I mean, I've tried several different testing tools and they, you know, that, without question, all of them say there's things that could be worked on, granted. I was the first person to pitch this to a, my client, go, okay, we need to fix this. And then his developer came back and he's like, why? Look, at it, it's 2.19 seconds. That is fast. Do we really need to take this to heart? Like, And it was hard to argue that. You make a good point that I, I, you know, I would probably reinforce, but it's still tough. Here's the question. Which tool are you using in Google? Because they just launched that new that new thing, that new tool. Gosh. And I know there were some problems with that new tool when they first launched it. Their own pages were getting crappy rankings, right? I mean, I, I saw an article showing all the different Google properties run through this tool, and the desktop and mobile versions were all failing. And, and then Google came back and said, oh, no, we're having problems with the tool. Our site, our site is fine. <laughs> right? yeah. so Thank you so we, much for telling us. Are you using the old one or the new one? Yeah, Meanwhile, exactly. Are, are We're shredding using the their old sites. The new <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throwing their sites out the door. Oh, it's but broken. Which, 
Did you use them the same thing? Because you, you said you use multiple tools. Yes, I did use both Google PageSpeed and their their thing actually, which has the exact same rating. It's just a, a fancier look to it. That's all. I don't think there's actually any difference in the actual system doing the test versus you know the Google PageSpeed well, they, Insights versus the one that they've done the other one. It just has a fancier interface. So, so it does bring up an interesting question, though, right? So if let's say there is a bug in the in the tool, or there's something weird about that particular site, and it's getting a five out of a hundred, but it you know, on mobile. Let's just look, let's focus on mobile. Five out of hundred on mobile, but it's loading fine and it's going super fast. But does that five out of a hundred is that the number they're going to use when they apply the page speed to the mobile algorithms? And is it really exactly. going to have a negative impact on the site? Yeah, that totally. It, so, it is. It's definitely a bone of contention because it, it creeps me out a bit. Because I here I am faced with having to face down developers who you know understandably don't need the work if they don't they don't want to do this if they don't have to, and if they've done a good job apparently it looks it. So what's going on here? Is it a deficiency in the system? Or is, like you said, are they just trying to cover all the bases and say, yeah, there's a lot more you could do to make this better. Here's what it does. That's why we're giving you a low rating. If that's the case, they need to work on their rating system. That's Does that site have did, – did you look at their webmaster tools? Because I, I clicked your link in our notes to look at it, and one of the things it said this page had problems with was blocked resources, right? And in Webmaster Tool, there's a whole section on blocked resources that tells you exactly which resources are blocked. Did you look at that? Do they have a big issue with blocked resources? Because if it's a giant issue with blocked resources, that could really impact that number. I'm just going to look now, but I, I, I was in there recently and I didn't notice anything. Let me just check. Pardon us while we work on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I mean, it's good, the, good to do client work while we're doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I don't see anything right off the top. There's some, you know, messages that there's been an increase in a couple of server errors, and that's, you know, unfortunately a common issue with this this one site. But you know, we're, we're working on those already. Yeah, you know, I just don't see a lot of concern here. Anyways, I you know, and then I, I hunted down some articles, some really interesting. One of them's from WP Rocket, which is a plugin for WordPress, and they do the great thing outlining all the issues of Google PageSpeed Insights, and you know, either explaining the reasons that PageSpeed Insights says certain things, and debunking some of them, saying you know, yes, okay, this would be ideal, but really. You can't do this in some cases because plugins don't allow you to move this and this, but Google makes you do it. So you've got to take a certain amount of it with a grain of salt. There's only so much you can do with specific types of platforms unless you're going to redesign the entire plugin just for your own site. Good points. Yeah, but I, I can understand a plugin provider who creating that article saying, you know, debunking pieces that they just like what your web developer. Oh, I know. They don't but they make sense there. They I wouldn't do, just say so it if it wasn't making it. sense, but it does make good sense, you know? But the devil's advocate, yes, it, what they're saying may make sense. But if Google is going to reduce your, your number and give you a low page speed rank and that's going to impact your performance mm -hmm. in mobile search, then debunk or not debunk, you still got to do it. Well, that's the question. Do they? Do they base exactly what we see? Does it have that much impact or is there a different one? I, I, I don't know. It just it, it does seem awfully bizarre. <laughs> that a page could score five out of a hundred, but load that fast. 
Maybe this is a question for John Mueller on his weekly Webmaster Hangout. You should join and ask. Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking about. It. I actually tried or Gary out, but or just yeah, apparently he doesn't he doesn't respond to me. So, <laughs> sorry. Just shoot him an email. Forget the Webmaster Hangout. We want the yeah. exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to get his take on it. I'm definitely not, and I promised the client I would I would follow up on this because it is a perfect example. I mean, this is so drastic. Five out of a hundred, I rarely see that. Even the worst sites from like ninety seven you see out there don't usually rate that low. So it's really bizarre. Right. Anyway, good info, and I, I think uh, I'll be I'm more than happy to share that on the air once I get the info. So for yeah, now, I'm interested uh, to hear what they say. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some Mueller files. Quite a bit of them, actually. A couple of good ones. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., so this uh, first one is another one of those big brainstormers. Go ahead. <laughs> the latest Yeah, but, but this, is like, this actually brings up a pretty interesting conversation, though. So Mueller came out on one of his things the other day and very specifically said that Google doesn't care about hyphens versus underscore in URLs, right? To set the stage here, years ago, when we first started doing SEO, there was a big problem because people wanted to use underscores, and Google saw underscores as a null character, which meant it pushed the words together. So everybody had – the best practice was, use, was to use hyphens instead because that then the, the words in the URL seemed like words instead of one long string of characters. It was a big thing we had to deal with. Google finally figured that out and treated them both the same. 
hyphens versus underscores. They don't care which one you use. But the question came up about, you know, you know, the hyphens are still the quote unquote best practice, even though you can use underscores and get away with it. So mm-hmm. the question came up, should I redirect my underscores to hyphens if I'm going to change these URLs? And, and Mueller said, no, don't worry about it, which I agree with. There's no reason to do that. But it really brings up the good and interesting thing we need to think about more in SEO when we're doing this. So just because something is a best practice doesn't necessarily mean if someone's not doing it on their website, we have to change it. Mm-hmm. Because in this particular case, if you, if you had a client that was using underscores and you said, oh, no, we have to use hyphens and then you have to do all these redirects, you know, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of time and energy and uh, that you're putting into this client's site that's going to have absolutely no value whatsoever because Google treats hyphens and underscores the same way. So when you think about and when we think about the things we do for our clients, and especially when it comes to switching them to best practices, I think it's really important as SEOs that we understand the value of the work we're doing versus, you know, just the fact that it's the way we're supposed to do it, right? If it's not going to provide value, it's going to cost all this time and energy. Don't worry about it. Don't do it. Put that time and energy into something that's actually going to make a difference for your clients. Right. And that's something I should note, too, is, I mean, it's been quite a while since this was understood as, you know, there was no difference, per se. Yeah. 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 The surprise someone was even asking that question. Yeah. Still. Now, that said, you know, and part of the, one of the reasons, and I fully agree with what you said, exactly 100% don't make the change if you absolutely, if, you know, in terms of priorities, it's at lowest of the low, if it even ranks. Now, that said, if you're starting a new site, Another reason hyphens are great is that when they're in a hyperlink, like if someone pastes the URL on a page, it doesn't happen often these days, but I'm looking at it right now. If there was an underscore, it would just show up in the underline under the URL and you'd never know. It would just look like a space. And sometimes there are spaces. Of course, they're usually using a, there's usually a percentage symbol in there. But at any, at any rate, it's good to use a hyphen. It shows up better in copied and pasted uh, URLs and, well... It just looks better. So a good thing yeah. in the future for aesthetics. But again, at least we know now, at least you know now, the, the listeners, that that really doesn't have a big impact. There's yeah. certainly no impact again, in terms uh, of Google. Yeah, and the whole point of that rant was measure the value of the work you're doing for the client. When you're prioritizing the kind of work you're doing, what you're doing to, 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 to improve a client's website for organic search, make sure that the work you're doing is worth the effort from a results standpoint. Excellent. Okay. So another sort of issue came up that was fielded to John, Don Mew, and that is, does Google filter gold stars from specific industries? So the question was, when you're doing a Google search, sometimes uh, there was a person who brought this up. Was it, was it Jen? I'll have to double check here. And it was Joy Hawkins had mentioned it. And she said that she had seen some instances where she just couldn't seem to get stars to show up in local rankings. And that is pretty odd. So especially if a person has a, a more than five stars, they should be showing up. So she brought up the question, is Google filtering certain industries? Tim Capper, I'm not sure who that is, but he reported that John Mueller, who he talked to, said, quote unquote, he's not aware of any filter being applied to the industry. He did say they don't like if the review markup is site-wide or on irrelevant pages. Also, they don't like if testimonials are used within the markup, unquote. 
And this is important to me. Interesting. If, if you look this information up in terms of their uh, review guidelines, it is very clearly stated. This isn't new news, but it is always interesting when they bring it up again. And some of the stuff can be done by mistake. So it's part of the audit process when you're doing looking at a website. Is review markup site-wide? Is it on irrelevant pages? And did you accidentally a- apply testimonials within that markup? Testimonials and all these things should be marked up, but not necessarily within the same markup that you would use for these star ratings. Interesting stuff, and, and I was really glad that they posted that because as I delve to a depth I never thought I would into local for these uh, the dentists we work with, it's stunning just how meticulous you have to be, perhaps, doing this kind of work. Because if something goes wrong, it's, it's really hard to detect what it is. There's so many little signals that are adding up to, a, to what can provide a ranking in a very, very competitive market. A tricky mm-hmm. field. Very, very tricky. As long as we're being meticulous, those gold stars aren't always gold. They've tested a number of different colors, just to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that's the end of The Mueller Files. Now we're on to Bing. Dun, dun, dun. Believe, believe it or not, Bing. What? what? The? Bing? Who's, yeah. What? We're going to talk about Bing, really? Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, Bing did do something actually interesting. Uh, they just recently launched something called Bing News Pub Hub for publishers. <laughs> and this is kind of interesting to me. I, I was digging into it a little bit. It's like, well, you know, why is this different than just getting your news crawled by by the news, the news bots and all that? But basically, this is pretty much designed to distribute your content directly into windows and outlook and and when i read even deeper basically it's how you get your news into cortana microsoft's version of siri and in the bing search app specifically which is a little i'm going to dig into that a little bit deeper because i would think that would be tied specifically to the crawlers as well but yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to test it out see if it has any impact but it's interesting to note that they're they're giving us new tools new places to put you should be saving for the future but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. For content and to get it into the OS more directly, which I thought was kind of interesting. So does that mean that we're OS optimizers now instead of search engine optimizers? I don't know. OS, OSOs. We're OSOs. (laughs) I don't know. It it just goes to show that. (laughs) I know. It it just goes to show that we, it's really my personally, my definition of SEO is changed, was changed years ago. And it's not just about search engines. It's about getting content discovered and found no matter where it's at. So if it's showing up inside of, you know, Windows 10, then we got to figure out how to get your your client's content in front of those Windows 10 users. And this seems like it's going to be a tool to help us do that. Great. Uh, and this is some uh, a few points from Search Engine Land on this subject. Bing says they'll judge your news site based on the following criteria. Quote, unquote, newsworthiness. Report on timely events and topics that are interesting to users. Content that yeah. doesn't focus on reporting, such as, low, such as how-to articles, job posting, advice columns, or product promotions, is not considered newsworthy. Similarly, content 
that consists strictly of information without including original reporting or analysis, such as stock data and weather forecasts, is not considered newsworthy. And there's three other points that are covering originality, authority, and readability. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting stuff, and you can find that easily in Search Engine Land right now. It's very mm-hmm. accurate because they copied it directly from the Bing blog post. So, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's why I was quoting it. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> so does this matter, I guess, John, to, to the average person? Putting content out on a regular basis, and you want your content found if people are news. And, and one of the things to note is that when they say news publishers, they're pretty much accept any publisher that fits those categories. So if you're writing on a specific niche and you want your information found within Windows, the Bing search app is interesting to me because Bing still does have 20% of the search market and more and more people are using search apps on mobile devices now. So there's visitors to be had. And if, if this is going to help, you should try it if you fit those the criteria. Cool. Well, and you know, I, I, I do. Every time I press the uh, Windows button on my Windows 10 desktop here, I see one little block, one little media block, whatever those things are called, that has news and it's rotating all the time. So that's pretty valuable real estate. Yep. Definitely Absolutely. worthwhile if, if this is your marketplace. All right. We're going to take one last break and when we come back. We've got a, uh, quite a number of questions here we're going to go through. I think even more than last week. Hopefully we can fit them all in. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, the first question is from Pat Allen. 
Pat says, what would be your remediation plan for a website with erroneous meta keywords, meta descriptions, and suboptimal page titles? The keyword issue was discovered via Search Console. Search queries were leading to web pages, not because of the on-page content, but because of meta keywords that no longer applied to the business. Searches based on these queries should not have been leading to those pages, so this has to be addressed. The question is, should the keywords simply be deleted, or should they be replaced with new keywords? Is the effort worth it, in terms of search rankings gain, to rewrite the page titles and meta descriptions? All right. So, first of all, where's the the elephant in the room here? <laughs> keywords. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one of the three he mentioned, the the meta keywords is easy. Just delete them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't have an impact. And one of the things that Mark Taylor properly answered is that, and I think sort of from a side point of view, and without really going head on, is it, it likely wasn't the keywords that was doing this. It was he thought it was it could have been anchor text, and that's probably very accurate. It could have been old anchor text because keywords just simply aren't used; they're ignored. Yeah, so but I think the more you read it, the more I thought about the idea that when he's saying keywords in the following paragraphs, he's talking about not just the meta keywords, but keywords contained in the titles and descriptions as well, right? Mm. So the targeting of the, the titles and the targeting of the descriptions. The targeting of the meta description is not going to have much impact at all. The targeting of the, the, the page title definitely could have an impact. But it's odd to me that you have pages that have titles that are not related to the content of the page. I would ask questions about why that is, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially if it's keywords that you seem to be ranking for. That means people are searching for them. You're driving traffic. It just sounds like a very weird situation to me. I yeah, because if you're driving that traffic, about, isn't that business you still want? If not, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that it's apparently those, those keywords no longer apply to the business. So I guess they yeah. made some changes, and fair enough. And and if if the keywords, here's here's what the question is: is is the effort worth it in terms of um, search rankings gain to rewrite the page titles and meta descriptions? Well, that's it, hard to answer without understanding what the actual content of the page is and how that changed and why it's different than it was. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, is it the page titles and descriptions are just slightly off? And if that's the case, you know, you're ranking for them, so maybe you don't want to mess with them. But if it's not, if they're way off, then the question is, why are they way off? And how are you ranking for them? It goes back to Mark's answer about, okay, then you've got all this anchor text and this offsite authority for those terms that you're going to have to address too. It's That's an interesting issue that I'm not sure we have enough information to give you a clear get rid of the meta keywords. Right. And and to answer in the simplest, most general answer would be that in most cases, rewriting the page titles is worthwhile. Again, there's always nuances, but if they aren't accurate, for sure. Uh, yep. Again, uh, you can get to the nuances that John properly mentioned, but in most cases, yes, it is worth it. And it can have a pretty significant impact on rankings. Yeah. The other thing I'd ask kind of to work off of Mark Taylor's answer about the offsite links what does your internal navigation look like? Is there any anything there that's influencing these rankings from an internal anchor text, an internal, um, you know, link juice as well? So there's a lot of things to look at here to understand your situation. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The next question actually is for Mark Taylor. And it was a very interesting one as they usually are for Mark. He doesn't have much case to post any, but he says in, hey, I love it, GWT. So in Google Webmaster Yay. Tools, on there. go, Mark. Everyone knows as Google Search Console, unfortunately. I have a list of URLs that are showing under the crawl error section, specifically under the news tab. The error message reads, article too long. The errors only started to appear on 20th of March. Given that quality articles are important from a natural search perspective, what should I make of these error messages? Some of the articles are less than a thousand words, which I don't consider to be long. All right. Before I get into his reply, I'll let you answer how you answered him. Yeah, we had an interesting conversation about that in the community. And he actually referenced John Mueller, and Mueller jumped in as well um, on this conversation. So, yeah, I'd recommend you go to our community and, and read this if this is interesting to you. Mueller basically said, you know, hey, go to your, there's a, if you're a news site, you have a separate little news console, kind of like a webmaster console, but it's specifically for your news sites. Within that console, there's a support button. So you click a button, you can fill out a question for support. And John Mueller immediately said, you probably reach out to your support, news publisher support, and ask them what's going on. There was a very specific link that I gave Mark in there that shows you the description of what these errors are in the news. An article too long basically means that the article was really too long to be a news article, in their opinion, or there was too much user-generated content or other types of content on the page that diffused what it would be from a news perspective. So we had the conversations about that. And then if you want to read his response when he looked into it after that conversation, Ross. Mm. Yeah, so his reply later, this is Mark, I guess a little time had passed. He says, having looked into this more, it may simply be because the sample article I looked at included a list, which is considered to be a fragmented news item. Now, a list is a uh, HTML list, which is uh, LI. You'll see that in the code. Because this list tends to be, or bulleted list is usually how they appear, was, I guess, potentially fragmented. That's how it, it appeared to them, and it didn't look like an article. Odd and kind of buggy, in my opinion. Well, see, I haven't had a chance to continue this conversation, so Mark, if you're listening, what I would tell you that if you were looking at that and you're seeing the list and you're thinking it was a fragmented article, the error message you would have seen would have said fragmented article, if that was the reason, right? So fragmented articles Mm, can can be because of lists. They could also be because you write one sentence at a time instead of a couple sentences in a paragraph. Um, And it happens a lot, believe it or not, in news when people are doing recaps of multiple stories in the same same article, if it's a roundup article, those kind of things. So I probably wouldn't say the issue is because it was fragmented due to your list. It may have some impact on there because if you have a lot of content, then a list and a lot more content, those are usually okay. That's fine. But if you have one big list as your article, that's when you're going to get that fragmented content error from a list like that. So I'd say if you haven't sent off that support request to the publisher support queue, I'd still do that, Mark, because I'm I'm not sure that your fragmented article is your actual problem. Yeah, and we really want to hear what they say. Uh, it would be really fascinating, Mark. I'm sure he'll post it anyway, but just want to put that out there. Uh, always interested to see how Google reacts to issues that are kind of obscure but important. Thank you, Mark. Mm-hmm. The next question is from Helmets. His question to the community is, I know that a while ago Google was saying that it was fine to have collapse or expandable text blocks on the website. What is the situation now? 
It says, in my case, I've got artforweb.co.uk. I've collapsed text using plain HTML, CSS. All right. So it's not that it's a bad thing to do. It's the fact that Google doesn't put as much weight on content that's hidden behind something you have to act upon to make it appear. And that's the case with expandable text blocks. That's my initial reaction. How about you, John? Mine too. They very clearly, and you're right, it used to be, and that text still gets crawled, it still gets indexed, but they've come out very specifically and said, unless the content renders on the page when you first view the page, it's not going to have nearly as much weight as far as the topic or the, the targeting goes. Like Ross said, if you have to do something to make the content appear, it counts for much less than if it is just there. And the biggest place that I'm seeing this a lot, and it's, it's very, very common, is in e-commerce sites on mm. product pages. They have those tabs. You know, they'll have the tab with reviews and the tab with product description and the tabs. And unless that default tab is a lot of content, all the other content for the descriptions and the reviews isn't going to count. Yeah. Yeah, and we had, I think I mentioned a, a couple episodes ago, Some uh, one of our clients came to us with a new homepage, and, and it was full of tabs. Uh yeah, <laughs> you know all bad, bad, all bad. expandable content. So it's like, okay, sorry guys, back to the drawing board. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks to have to do that. So I will do it. I'm going to repeat this till I'm dead. Always well, <laughs> check with your it's, SEO it's, before you finalize a design. Yeah, and it's interesting too because Google recently came out, and I can't remember where I read this, but they were talking about their ability to crawl pages. And they basically say at this point they can render anything. Oh, it was the conversation about whether Ajax counted the content in Ajax was less than HTML content. And they said basically if they can crawl it and they can render it, they're gonna they're gonna index it. And they said basically we don't have any problems crawling anything anymore, except for when you have to take some kind of action to get the content to appear. Yeah, you know, in many cases. Forums and stuff. Yeah. So the content's going to get crawled. The content's going to get indexed. Today, the focus is really should be more on um, is the content viewable there when you first get to the site? And when you first load the page, is it seen? That's what makes the difference these days. Perfect. Okay. Well, this is going a little long, but I want to fit in the last question just to, to tie this up nicely. It's a question from Robert Dolby. Should AMP pages, those are accelerated mobile pages for the listeners, link to one another internally? Or should AMP pages link back to the normal versions of the pages? And, uh, okay, so I'll keep reading here. For example, should a link of the page, mysite.com forward slash article, let's just say one, point to either the AMP version of page two or to the HTML version of page two? Either approach would radically be different in terms of link structure because AMP is fairly new. Um, he gets into a bit more detail here about how it could be messier, et cetera. Um, I, I loved your reply. So why don't you uh, shoot away? This is all your, your wheelhouse. Uh, you know, you deal with AMP every day. So, <laughs> so, so basically, the, the function, one of the main functions, and it's not the only function, but one of the main functions of AMP is to allow on a mobile device, uh, when you search, to see that stuff almost instantly. And the way that works is Google... Um, will preload the pages in the search results. So um, on that carousel, there might be six or seven pages that are AMP pages in that news carousel. Those are all preloaded, and that's one of the reasons that they load so fast when you click on them on a mobile device. If you were to put your links on those pages to other AMP pages, you're going to miss out on that 
that advantage because until a browser has the capability to preload these pages off of AMP pages, there's no advantage to having those AMP pages. You know, you, you're not going to get that advantage of that preloading in a browser environment. It only happens because Google in this particular case was able to preload those pages. So the answer very specifically is do not link to other AMP versions of your pages of your site. You know, just have a really good, high quality mobile experience for your site as a whole anyway. And then all that new traffic you get from the, from your AMP versions of your news articles will have a good experience. Mm. Um, so yeah, from, so it's, it's a pretty straightforward answer in this in this case. And the way you tied it up there kind of mixes this a little bit. But to be a devil's advocate, wouldn't it be better if they were in the AMP version as they went through the site? Because it is so much thinner in terms of file size. It's meant to load super fast, even faster than the standard mobile site. It could be, but then then my, then my concern is, okay, now you've got very, very high um, probability of having duplicate content issues um, if you because of the way that that link structure works. Now you've got a link, you've got two separate link structures. You've got your mobile link structure, you've got your AMP link yeah. structure. Um, so I, I'd, I'd be very say. weary. Um, well, with the way the amps are, are, are built, you do have that connection between the HTML version and the AMP version that, that's supposed to help keep them from being um, duplicate content issues. But if you start messing with it by doing this internal AMP linking, for using it the way it was not designed to be used, then Google's not going to understand it as well as it should. And then you, have, you, you open yourself up for potential issues. We know how good Google is dealing with things that are different, right? <laughs> 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 Interesting. Yes, we are learning new things today. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yes, no, they are very much like that. But uh, yeah, I think is it written somewhere that you should ever do that, or is this based on your experience, which is obviously considerable in this area? Um, I don't know if I've read this. I don't know if I've read it, so I'd have to say it's based on my experience. But I might have read it somewhere to inform my experience. I guess a long time ago. Okay. Cool. If I read it, I don't remember. <laughs> there you go. But you remember the points of it, which is the important part. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week. And remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 